Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Making Steel Wars is a new collaborative podcast between myself and MakingStarWars.net's Jason Ward, where we talk about the stories behind the stories and we go in-depth on the Star Wars news items of today and yesteryear. On our third episode, we go in-depth celebrating 20 years of Star Wars Special Edition, recounting our fan memories, news articles at the time, and going through every change in all three movies and deciding whether that change made the film better or worse. It's a fascinating chat, and here's a clip. Yeah, so I remember in the, the Star Wars Galaxy magazine, there was a little blurb, a little announcement saying they're going to, um, you know, release it. And it seemed like over time it changed from like, we're just going to clean it up to we're going to put a ton of new stuff in there. Like it, it seemed like the direction changed at, at some point during the lead up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it, it definitely started I as like uh, as a, a a small like re-release, and then I think they started adding some polish, and then I I think I God, I wish I had researched this now before because I hadn't, I hadn't thought of it, but I know it cost ten million dollars from what I understand to do the, to do the New Hope special edition, and then it was twenty million to do all three movies, and it was like two point five was allocated to the audio. Just, just to redoing all of the audio and uh-huh. remastering it and mixing it and stuff like that. And um, I think I had heard a story that Fox actually kicked Lucasfilm down with, with the money just because the distribution deal was lucrative enough for them that having those films re-released and everything, it was, it was worth it. So, so yeah, I, I, don't think it, I don't think it started off as, as what it was. I think it became... I think Lucas just kept going and going and going, and then they got the funds, and th- then they went all out. Me and Randy had to go see Independence Day to see the uh, special edition trailer. That was that was painful. What I, are you I hate talking that about? I really don't like that movie. In the nineties, so stupid. In the nineties, Independence Day was the sh. See, uh, in, in the uh, in the nineties, uh, I'm at the height of teenage angst, man. You know what I mean? I'm like, the man is keeping us down. I got Reservoir Dogs on VHS. I've seen, I've seen The Professional. I don't need any of this stuff. You know what I mean? That, that was, that was kind of... Kurt is uh, dead and, and so is my hope. Exa- exactly. With Kurt, when Kurt died, all, all innocence was lost. <laughs> and I could not enjoy uh, Independence Day. I was like, this shit is stupid. But what's funny was, I remember when you and McGregor was... was, was cast as obi-wan kenobi one of the promises he made in a magazine i think it might have been like us was it wasn't going to be a shit film like independence day he could promise you that 
And I was like, I was like, yeah, because I was all about, I was at that time, I was like reading Train Spotting. It was that was a weird coincidence. I was really into Train Spotting because of liking alternative music, and and was reading Irvin Welsh's book and all that. And it serviced your bleak worldview. And then yeah, and then when when he became Obi Wan Kenobi, I was like, George Lucas is a genius. <laughs> he can do nothing wrong. First Willow, still. now this. <laughs> hey, I still love Willow, man. I still love Willow. I haven't seen it for, yeah, a good decade. But, uh, <laughs> I don't have any, yeah, I don't have any negative, uh, negative vibes about it at all. And and what it got so big, they sped up the films, or they, is that what happened? Did they make them come out quicker or later? I can't remember. No, so so I, I don't know what the actual like one hundred percent truth was, but um, the special edition of A New Hope came out when it was supposed to, and what happened was. A New Hope was performing so well, they ended up pushing them back by about a week each. And at the time, though, Howard Stern's Private Parts, the film was coming out, and it was really anticipated. And so so there, there were two stories. The official story was it was pushed back because it was performing so well. They wanted to give it more time to breathe. The unofficial story was that yet the studio was afraid of Private Parts and moved it as to not have to compete directly Empire and Jedi directly with private parts. Well, you should. You should always be scared of anyone's private parts. <laughs> They're hideous. They are hideous. <laughs> Let's. Uh, so you had to go to see um, Independence Day, which I went to. I went to the midnight screening. We all drove to Frankston, three car convoy, mm-hmm. midnight screening to catch Independence Day, and I left very satisfied. I've, I've said this before, but. When the president gives that Independence Day speech, I've I've never been more proud to be an American. <laughs> I was, you know, it was it was for me, and all honesty, like like it was hard going from eighties filmmaking though that I still really really love, like like the, the, those those movies going into the nineties the era that was a little bit more more like where we were on the road to the Michael Bay kind of style of of action movies. I just it just didn't sit well with me, and I, I think Independence Day just became like the focal like point of that kind of filmmaking. You know what I mean? It kind of exemplified where we were losing the '80s genius. Yeah, and but there was always that search for the next Star Wars. Like I remember Stargate, yeah. just loving Stargate, going, "Oh, let this be it!" And then Independence Day. It was, it was always yeah. that, like, we were so starved for something, and just, just please, give me something to get into, please. <laughs> I actually kind of liked Stargate back then, I don't think I admitted it, though. I think I kind of was like, this is kind of cool. Oh, I thought, I went to the city to see that, as well, like, when it opened, and I remember just, like, going, oh, yeah, this could be. Yeah. And, and there was reviews as well that was like, this is the Star Wars of our time. <laughs> Star there Wars was, is there, dead. there was there was an ad I think that played that it was like it was like Star Wars versus ancient Egypt or something like that was like one of the weird quotes yeah, that gotcha. it, that it, they played. I was like, okay, <laughs> okay, I'll see it. <laughs> so I, you had to sneak or you you went to see Independence Day to see it. I, mm-hmm. I was at a skateboard contest in Frankston. And it was showing, for some reason, at our local cinema, the Star Trek, it was Star Trek uh, Generations, maybe, 
that all right that was on at our cinema but it didn't have the star wars trailer attached but then in frankston uh. which was the city like the town sort of like the the mid-sized city on the way to melbourne they had it i don't even know how i i don't know. I don't know what I was... Was I ringing up cinemas? How did I know this information? <laughs> Dude, it's word of mouth, man. In the 90s, word of mouth was a really big thing. But I didn't know anyone to mouth with. Mm-hmm. I was, I was, I was, a, I was a lone wolf out there. Just we, we, did, we did call people in the 90s more than we do today after texting. It's weird to think about it. I used to call up Kenner to ask him what the next action figures were going to be for power of the force 95 when that when that came out i used to i used to call them daily or what and then what was it like like it was like 1-800-TRUE-FAN yeah was the other number you could call and you could also buy stuff and order the magazine but you could ask some questions and i would i'm like so do you have a greedo in the computer and i would remember i remember in that, in that voice me, in that tone yes. of voice oh yeah i was like it was like hey Hey, babe, uh, you guys you guys got a Boba Fett coming out anytime soon? <laughs> and then hey, sometimes baby, they hey, baby, you. what you been hearing about that Boba Fett? <laughs> uh, yeah, and then it was it was weird going into the special edition with, with really ripped Star Wars action figures at that time, too. Ah, oh, yeah, we'll talk about that on the, the next episode <laughs> of Steel Wars, about how Lando's six-pack somehow went through his shirt. That's how powerful a six-pack it was. It could not be contained by a, uh, a loose-fitting blue cotton shirt. No sirree. But the trailer, right? So we we were at this skateboard contest, and I uh, after it finished, we were like, oh, let's go to see if, you know, we've got to see this trailer, because we, we'd heard about it. And me and my friend Tim... We, we asked the lady, we said, oh, we just want to come in and watch the Star Wars trailer and then we'll leave. Is that all right? And she's like, yeah, yeah, that's cool. And so you've got on the big screen, the it's got the little TV, like the four by three, like yes. 90s television. And it's got the Death Star battle and the X-Wings going down. And the way they did it was the screen, the TV was sort of meant to be the real life size of a TV on a giant film screen and i guess it was never in scale properly because screens are different sizes but that was sort of the effect <laughs> and then there was this voice this like trailer voice saying for the past what was it 20 years or something star wars fans this is the only way you've ever been able to see star wars until now and i'm i'm tearing up just recounting this memory <laughs> the, the x-wings are like swooping down on the screen and then and Boom. X-Wing comes out of the TV! <laughs> yes, that happened. Onto the screen. This is in the first 10 seconds, and my friend Tim taps me to go, how cool is this? And he looks at me, and I am bawling. I, mm-hmm. I, like, it was the... I don't... Like, it was... Like, this Star Wars thing was in my head. Like, you know, and I, I, <laughs> like, I loved it and stuff, and I went on about it, and I, you know, I started buying the new figures and stuff, but it was, like, that first time where it was just like, oh, this is weird. <laughs> yeah. I, I have some bizarre yeah. attachment to these films. I remember getting the poster from, from that campaign. It was, like, the reason they built movie theaters, oh! is what it said. Oh, yeah, so good. And <laughs> it was so annoying because the Australian version didn't have that. Oh. Like, it wasn't... At, like, we were... 
Guess I don't seem so racist now, do I? <laughs> the yeah, we we couldn't have that form of arrogance in our movie marketing. <laughs> we uh, we've got the tall poppy syndrome here in Australia, so we couldn't have someone, you know, the the biggest film of all time, letting people know. But yeah, well, it did go to it did go, it did go to their head because remember with Phantom Menace they had that poster and it was taking a shot at Godzilla and it said plot does matter. Yeah. 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 <laughs> the um and yeah, now you now you get Godzilla directors to make a new films. <laughs> right. How about that. <laughs> but I I did I loved the arrogance of that poster. The this is the reason they make movie cinemas. It's just like hell yeah it is. Hell yeah. And I yeah, no, I I didn't even see it as arrogant. I'm like, yeah, like that's why I go to the movies. <laughs> like you're just you're just you're just talking sense poster. Yeah. To hear the entire two-hour-plus Making Steel Wars episode, along with the other two Making Steel Wars episodes, all the complete Steel Wars interviews and bonus content like the extended call-in shows and listener Q&As, become a Steel Wars supporter. It is just $3 Australian a month, which is about $2.20 American a month and probably about a pound and a half for our UK listeners. It is all handled through the Bandcamp app and you can download the hours and hours of supporter-exclusive content onto your desktop or you also get access to a special supporter-exclusive RSS feed that gives you easy access directly to your phone to all the episodes ad-free. And as well as all the bonus content, you get that warm feeling that you're supporting the content that you listen to a couple times a week. For all the details, please go to SteelWars.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.